When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, uh, checking out the series. Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the uh, with all the interviews that I put out every single week. In fact, it's uh, new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three a week to keep you updated on your favorite artist and discover some new ones. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, it's Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, Red Circle, Audible, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, I get to talk with Brian Adams. Brian Adams has been a, uh, an artist that I have admired and loved his songs since I was bored. I mean, uh, he came out right at the beginning of the 80s. I came out right at the beginning of the 80s uh, into the world itself. So um, his music's always been the soundtrack. In fact, when I first started buying my own music, so this was cassettes in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, uh, one of the ones that I spent my money on was to buy the, uh, the soundtrack to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Here I was, uh, young Kyle, in the middle of very, very country Kentucky, and just singing my heart out on everything I do, I do it for you. Uh, I was the hopeless romantic, like eight year old at the time, and I got the rag, I got the, I got this, the, the cassette, and I was so excited and I was so happy, and then only to realize that um, the rest of it was a score. And uh, while I had refined palettes for uh, for power ballads at the time, I did not have the same refined palettes for uh, orchestral music. <laughs> so I was a bit disappointed and uh, and hit the rewind button uh, quite a lot on that one. But my love for Brian's music uh, endured. Uh, his 1997 Unplugged album is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I loved it because what he did was he got in there and just really rearranged so many of his uh, his classics and uh, at that point current songs that he'd been putting out too. And it just it's one of the best unplugged albums I think in the whole series. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best, but it's it's one of the best. 
Uh, if, if you've never checked that out, please check that out. In fact, Brian and I are going to talk about it a little bit. Most of this conversation, we're going to stick around his brand new record called So Happy It Hurts. Uh, it's one of four releases that he's put out just this year, along with his own recordings of uh, Pretty Woman the Musical, which uh, uh, did a Broadway run. Now it's touring across the country. Uh, it's based on the uh, the 80s movie, you know, with, uh, with Richard Gere and, and Julia Roberts and... Uh, and Brian had been wanting to do a musical version of it for years, and it, it finally happened the past couple. So there's a cast recording, but he's done his own recording. So along with the new record, So Happy It Hurts, he released that one, as well as re-recording some of his hits for two compilations called Classics 1 and Classics 2. Uh, we're going to discuss how making the music to Pretty Woman the Musical affected the songwriting for the newest album, uh, getting John Cleese to make a cameo on the record, and why he took inspiration from uh, from Taylor Swift to reclaim his hits, as well as how he was able to replicate his 80s and 90s sounds. Uh, as I mentioned, we're also going to jump back to 1997 and talk about that MTV Unplugged record. Uh, as well as his success as a photographer, covering everyone from uh, folks like Iggy Pop to St. Vincent, and how those uh, white backgrounds on his album covers have become iconic as well. So it's all that and more. So Happy It Hurts is the new record. This is Kyle Meredith with Brian Adams. Hey, Kyle. First off, So Happy It Hurts, uh, such a fun record. I mean, and uh, among the many things, I should say, because you more or less have released four albums this year, uh, when we count the uh, the classics and the and the pretty woman the musical, Did, what I, I know I know the way schedules work, but does it really feel like that's all at once type of a thing? That all sort of bled into one. We started out with this time off, and making so happy it hurts. Basically, I was just making songs, and then it suddenly occurred to me that this could be enough music for an album, and then I started thinking about what to do next. And I'd been messing around with some of the songs that I'd written for Pretty Woman, the musical, and decided what I would do is new versions of those songs with me singing them, and ended up really liking how it turned out, so I released that. And then I got into doing a sort of Taylor Swift with re-recording my old masters. So by the end of this year, I've ended up putting out four albums. The year is young, by the way. It's what's stopping you from four more. So, oh, but believe me, I haven't stopped. <laughs> That's good news. That's good news. Well, I want to hear about that more, maybe here in a minute. But, uh, but, but it, it is interesting, you know, hearing you the way you've talked about, um, especially like Pretty Woman the Musical and and those songs being like a mastercraft in songwriting. I think that's the phrase you use. Did that? Did did you see in a way that that changed your approach to writing when when you hit the songs for So Happy It Hurts? When I think about Pretty Woman, it really was a masterclass in songwriting because no matter how much uh, we thought the song was good, when it went to the committee and the producers and the director, there was always rewrites. And so you couldn't get precious about your music. You couldn't get precious about something. You had to keep an open mind that it was going to change. There's been various times with various writers where you learn how to not be precious about songs. I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but the idea that you can just keep creating and keep learning, I think that's the magical thing about making music. Well, I do love, you know, however it came to be, the songs that are on this record. I think, you know, the the first couple I was really drawn to, especially the first one that I really hit hard with me was uh, I've Been Looking For You. I mean, that's, I don't know, what is it? Sort of a rockabilly sound to it? Sure. So now that song was written for the musical and didn't get accepted. And so I recorded it for the album, So Happy It Hurts. 
Yeah, I mean, we actually played that song live. It goes down great. It sounds like a fun one. That that style, that's not what I would instantly think of when I would think of Pretty Woman. That's that's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, you landed on Rockabilly with with, with that. Uh, was there any reason? I mean, where, where was your headspace musically on that one? On that song? It was written sort of as a dance song originally. There was a scene in the musical where the host of the restaurant or the hotel takes Vivian for a dance, and that's the song we thought would be appropriate. However, it didn't end up making another song took its place. But me, never being the one to give up on a song, thought, man, this is really good. I'm not going to give up on it. And so I recorded it for the album. Well, I, I, the other one, because I mentioned too, uh, Just About Gone, I mean, it's an instant classic. Well, that's very kind. It's instant classic that no one's heard. <laughs> that song I'd been kicking around for quite a few years, and I wrote that with Gretchen Peters. When I'm making records, what I do is I tend to sort of go through my archive of songs to see what I want to work on. And that song, had, I'd done a demo of it, and it wasn't quite right. And so I just decided to strip it back and start again. One of the things that happened on this last album, on So Happy It Hurts, was that because I couldn't put my band together, I ended up doing all the instruments myself. I put down a guitar track, then go and put down a drum track. Every time I would come back into the sort of control room with my engineer, I sort of look at him and think, was that good enough? And then listen to it and think, mm, maybe let's knock it up a couple of notches and let's try it again at a different tempo. That's probably the reason why this album has such an up feel. Just about gone, which I think is a great lyric, it really came together in the studio by this sort of back and forth process. It dawns on me really quickly that uh, you know, with the uh, the two compilations, classics, you could have called this record instant classics <laughs> if you just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Next Note album. It. it could be instant classics in brackets that no one will hear. <laughs> Has heard yet. Let's be optimistic. Where's that optimism of this record? You know, let's keep that going. Okay. Instant classics that no one's heard yet. <laughs> That's it. That's good. <laughs> And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray 
that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Brian Adams with Kick-Ass. You know, we get to that one and here you have, you know, first off this great rock song, but it starts with this spoken word piece by John Cleese, which is hilarious. Like, what's the conversation with happens with John? I mean, is there a conversation? Do you do you just call him up and say, here's a fun script? What do you got? I've known John for quite a few years because I've worked with him before doing photographs. We met again at a lunch. I'd done the intro speaking part myself, and, and it didn't seem right for me to be the voice of that. So I was kind of looking for somebody. And so I'm listening to John talk, and it suddenly occurred to me that he would be great for this. And so I, I said, John, would you be up for doing a little monologue on a song? And he said, well, of course. You know. And not thinking that, you know, he's not even heard what I want him to do yet. So I sort of explained it to him. And, then he said, well, I'll, I'll come over in a couple of days to the studio. Sure enough, one day he just rocked up and we sat down and I played him mine and he went, hmm, why do you want me to do this? This sounds quite good. And then he stopped and paused and said, actually, you're right. God should be British. God should be British. <laughs> there was a, yeah, I mean, God popped in a lot on Monty Python. From what oh, yeah. I remember. That was one of the, uh, the, the big running gags. I guess it makes sense to me. I grew up yeah. on that too. You know, I, I do want to jump around a little bit because, you know, you, you also do have these two uh, compilations called Classics, as you mentioned, sort of taking the cue from Taylor Swift and these re-recordings. And does this come down, this is for rights purposes, right? I mean, that's, that's it's not just the fun of, of just re-recording them. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. It's, it's very much about rights. And in, in the same way, Taylor wanted her control. Yeah, it's... It's surprising how well replicated they are in certain parts, you know, like, like uh, for some artists, I think, that, I don't know, do you have that itch where you're like, oh, I could just update these and do like brand new versions of them, you know, totally do something. But, but I think for the, I guess for the reason, for this purpose, for this specific purpose, what did you want to have it just as close to the original? I wanted to be faithful to the originals because that's what people know. And to be fair, when we're playing live, that's really how we stayed quite faithful to that, except for the endings, because all these songs now have endings, which they didn't have before. Because back in the 80s and 90s, we just faded songs. There are some things that are different, but generally speaking, I wanted to stay faithful to the originals. It was quite interesting, in fact, when I was recording Summer 69 and I was trying to get the guitar part the same at the beginning. And I kept going back and forth trying to figure out what combination of amp and guitar I used because 
was recorded in New York, that guitar part, and so I, I couldn't remember what I had. I suddenly remembered that I only had one guitar in the studio at that time, and it was this red 1980s Les Paul. And so I went down into my archive where my guitars are, and I found the guitar, and I plugged it into the amp I thought it was, and within one second of hitting it, I went, there it is. It had a sound. There was a lot of fun to try and, and put the puzzle back together of how the songs were created. Yeah, I did I did an interview with, uh, with John Bon Jovi last year, I think, and we were sort of talking about the same thing. He was unsuccessful. He said, you know, we tried to go back in the studio and find that sound, his classic 80s sound, you know. And he goes, and at a certain point, he just threw up his hands. He says, didn't matter if we use the same amps on the guitar. There was just a magic in that room that isn't in the room. He's, and like, but I got to say that you've completely pulled that off, as I feel anyway. Well, that's kind. I got to give credit to the engineers I work with. Hayden, who's the youngster that works at my studio. He was 24 when we did that. He was really super helpful. And then, of course, I went back to Clear Mountain to mix Summer 69. He would remember what sort of chambers and things he used to recreate that sound. It was really a really, really, really interesting and fun thing to do because it got us all back together again. It got me interested in how those songs were put together. And in most cases, it was very, very simple. But simple isn't always easy to recreate. Well, when I think back at some of my favorite moments of your career, a lot of times, you know, when I'm turning, I don't know if I have it behind me or not, but, uh, but the unplugged record, which I know it's the 25th anniversary later this year. And like, when I hear that one, like that does seem like that chance you took, like we have these songs, let's have a little bit of fun with them. We're going to do them in a different state, you know, but you, you've, could, could you see yourself doing another version of that, you know, where, where you kind of mess around with them in that nature? I could see it. If there was a vehicle to do it, what was nice about the MTV thing was that you had MTV, you know, that there was this great platform for music that they were giving you complete free license to do exactly what you wanted. If you think back about those MTV records, Eric Clapton's, Nirvana's, I mean, it, there are so many good things that happened out of that MTV series. Because there was a platform to take the bands that had done these brilliant records and recreate them, them in a different way. So to answer your question, if there was a vehicle to do it for, then yes, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, that's such a classic Thank unplugged you. album right there. I do. 25 years later, and it still hits me in the best way. Well, hats off to Pat Leonard for that one, because Pat was my co-producer on that, and he did an absolutely amazing job. Well, I know we're up against the clock. I, I quickly want to bring up the photography, because it's I, I know it sort of ties in a bit with the uh, the album, thanks to the song On the Road and the calendar that you were doing. But hearing you know just about you, uh, the people you shoot, talking about John Cleese, you know, Iggy Pop and St. Vincent, knowing, you know, you're a musician, does it, do you think that helps knowing what a musician, how they want to be seen on the other side of the lens? Possibly, but at the end of the day, you have to take your musician hat off because you're working as a photographer, so it has to be, has to be good. No matter how much the camaraderie is great between us as musicians, you still have to deliver. Seems like that's working out for you too. That's not bad. Well, I, occasionally I get it right. <laughs> you know, and I'll wrap up with this. Uh, the speaking of, of of sort of photography and artistically speaking, 
you and the white backdrop that sort of became a calling card. You know, you've got it on the classics, you've got it on the new mom, you've had it throughout your career. What was it about that that you liked so much that stuck with you? Because it is sort of an icon part of your image. Well, I guess I like contrast. I like the simplicity of things. And if you can make an image work in simple black and white on a white background, it will become somewhat more memorable than if it was quite busy. And I take my lead from some of the great photographers, American photographers, particularly in New York and that, like Abaddon, where they would just do pictures on a simple background. Well, you've created plenty of that. Thank you, Kyle. Material. Yeah, Brian, so happy it hurts. Congratulations on another fine, fantastic record. It's so much fun to listen to it. I love the songs. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you today about them, too. Nice talking to you, too. All the best to you. My thanks to Brian Adams. Again, the new album is called So Happy It Hurts. There's also Pretty Woman, the musical, and Classics 1 and 2, all out as of this year. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to you for checking out the episode and the series. Uh, before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button. Again, uh, you get three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, Red Circle, Audible, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots. That's uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith is the address, at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. All the best. Bye-bye. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence, where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson, host of our new Consequence Podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, Well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal was to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly 
uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle.